What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to In The Zone Radio here at 91.3 Real College Radio. So today, very special episode, all RSU special once again. It is that time of the year where there's 400 different sports going on. And we have got news for all of them from you. So starting off, we're going to switch up the pattern a little bit. You know, normally we start talking about women's basketball, and then we talk about the men's basketball. We're going to start off with the men's basketball team today. Jacob? So... Thursday, things didn't exactly go their way. The uh, five-game win streak, I believe, is what they were at at the time. Came to a bit of an end, and it came up short in overtime to the Washburn Ichabods, whatever that means. Um, the loss was 74-80. to 80. Wasn't that the final score? Something in that area, yeah. It, it was a frustrating one. Definitely. It was a frustrating one to watch. Um, the team played a good game, and there is some upside to the fact, because the last time they played... Washburn, they lost like 70 to 90, I think it was, and they didn't even put up a fight. They took this one into overtime. But it was still frustrating because it, it, was, it was almost like it wasn't a game that not only they could have won, it was a game they should have won, in my opinion. Definitely. And one of the things I've noticed about this team, and this isn't a bash by any means, but it definitely is something that I would say needs to get fixed, is that they'll do all these great things, but when it comes down to crunch time, they drop whatever is working. All right, like... Uh, their uh, center for Washburn is Andrew. Andrew could not guard Caden Fry. He couldn't do it. Every time Fry Body, got the, bodied him in the paint. Every time Fry got the ball down low, Andrew was not stopping him. And what we ended up getting is like every he'd get it. He got three or four buckets on him, and then they just quit passing him the ball. And you know, it's a little. I get it. Caden Fry has not been the centerpiece of the offense all year. That's been Isaac Johnson. That's been Rodney Battle. That's yeah. been Kofi Hamilton. That They have their guys. And I understand Caden Fry hasn't exactly been the first option all year. He's also the youngest starter on the court. I get, I get that. All, that's, all, that's, all of that is very valid reason to not make him the centerpiece. But When you're hot, you're hot. All right. And on top of that, Isaac Johnson looked like he tweaked his elbow. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to know. So like going into the second half, you know, we're watching him take warm-ups. And Isaac Johnson, he went to take a three and just completely airballed it. His arm shook went, his head like arm went limp. He was getting checked out by the trainers, and I mean, he put his sleeve on and he went and took a couple more shots during the warmups, and he kind of looked okay, but you could tell he was hurting. Mm-hmm. So at that point, and he was still out there taking shots like during the game, beginning of the at the beginning of the second half, he was out there and he's running down, taking threes, doing all this. At that point, dude, listen. I would rather you take a second, get checked out by the trainer on the sideline. We've got a solid rotation guy for you. Mm-hmm. Like, and on top of that, like the I, the playoffs are coming up. Like I understand it's not next week by any means, but you're getting there. And this is a team that, if you want to go all the way in the MIAA, you're gonna you're probably gonna see at some point. Definitely. And what you have to do is you have to think on the bigger picture here. You have to realize that you know if I make something worse now if I make an injury worse than it needs to be then my team's in trouble and you know the good news is going forward Johnson was fine he's not hurt he looked really good on Saturday and we'll get to that here in a minute but another thing that kind that was kind of an issue for them on Thursday was particularly in overtime the the shot selection definitely they almost they almost looked like there was a point where they saw an opportunity to take a shot that to take shots that were there but 
they weren't trying to hit. You know what I mean? Like that. Like um, there were a couple threes that got thrown up that didn't need to be at all. Not like not even just you're right. Didn't need to be, but not even that. Um, almost like the players weren't looking to shoot threes, but they realized the second too late that the three was open, and they kind of just threw it up to try to save the moment. You know what I mean? And here, okay, here's my opinion. When when you're doing something like listen. This team had to get six points in 45 seconds. And they did. You know, and sh- they did. shout out to them. Yeah, they did. And that's the thing is when you get that to where it's, you know, two quick three or, you know, a three and a foul and then a nice little mid range, you are going to think, okay, now in overtime, I have to do the same thing. I have to keep doing this. Right. And you don't have to. Like, you can pick, like, you can pick a different shot. I understand that, like, one of the there was a specific shot. I'm not going to bring it up entirely, but we were down three. Mm-hmm. A very poor shot selection. Almost looked like, almost looked like they were looking for. They were trying to draw a foul. Yeah, but and I get we're in the bonus, but the, you got to drive to the paint. You got to get that foul in the air. You need to get the and one on that situation. Mm-hmm. I just the three point shot was there, but I don't think it was necessary. I think yeah. there was plenty of time to where even if we didn't get the and one. We had time to get the ball back, maybe foul. You know, there were yeah. there were things we could have done. Definitely, but honestly, I I think at the end of the day, they were on a five game win streak. The loss was bound to happen eventually. There's two things we can do: we can sit here and bash the team for their one off night in a long time, or we can just look at it as that it was an off night that just didn't go our way. Well, and you know, looking at Saturday, they clearly got it together. Yeah. I honestly think that that. This is a team that normally is pretty good at playing when they're when the game's close. And I think they just didn't go their way against Washburn, but I think they know what they're going to have to work on if they see Washburn again in the MIAA tournament because it looks like they're pro- I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like they're all but home free at this point as far as qualifying for the tournament goes. And here's the thing, which is you know, I'll point this, I'll shout them out too. At the beginning of the year we were worried because the team's had, team lost all but one of their starters from last year. It hasn't been an issue for them. New guys have stepped up to the plate, 100%. Definitely. But, you know, one thing you got to look at is a good team, they are a good team, but a great team takes a look at what their loss did and they fix it. I mean, And, you know, I think they did on Saturday. Definitely, because they played in Poria State Saturday. And this game was pretty interesting because going into it, you and me were worried about two things. One, in warm-ups – Emporia State was not missing. Three-point shot, layup, dunk, mid-range, you name it. Whatever they shot in warm-ups, they made it. Lights out going into the game. Well, And they we they had a 6'10 post player. In oh, no, they were the bigger team, too. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But RSU philosophy, I guess, is what do you do when you're playing the big the team that's big, bigger than you on paper? You send Let the, the small, small guys cook. I, I say I say small like they aren't all at least half a foot taller than me. Anthony but Marshall is five. That kid bro. was balling. He Anthony Marshall took that game over, and you. It's weird because like it looked like he was just waiting for Darius. Darius is the six ten guy they had to get into the paint to actually drive. He didn't. He just really, didn't. He, he just he didn't do it as often when the other guy was in. But every time Darius was in, he was going in. He was euro stepping around, and he was putting in the bucket, getting the and ones, making the tough layups. And Rodney was, Battle and Kofi Hamilton were having their moments too. Exactly, lot of guys stepping up, and that's what I like to see. I just, I just think it was a little funny. Like, oh, you're bigger than us on paper. Okay, 
get them. But, um, yeah, looking at the game, how things went against Emporia State, that was game, for the most part, I thought RSU dominated. They, they had their moments where Emporia State kind of got back into it every now and then. Um, but all in all, I think we they kind of just got to look at that losses against Washburn as didn't go our night. There are things we could have done better, and we know we can beat that team. And it, next time we see them, we will beat that team. Losses are learning experiences. That's mm-hmm. the important part. Turn the losses into learning. That's what I used. That's what my coaches used to say in high school. Definitely. And uh, and you know better the loss come now than in the MIAA tournament. Very very true. So let's jump over to women's. They had. They had a literally very convinc- the vice versa. Li- literally the opposite. Very convincing win against Washburn. I thought they were. They looked like they were firing on all cylinders against Washburn. And then, Poria State just. They kept it close. Props to them. It was one and of those. You know, Chris- we we got to shout out that half court buzzer beater at the end that Chris cut the lead Paul down to cuts two points. To- if only we'd scored one more bucket at one point. Well, but here's my issue with this. All right. This team had a 15-point lead at one point. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that's normally when they yeah. get, their issue is Getting they play there. great defense, but they don't get off to a strong start offensively. For whatever reason, Saturday was the exact opposite. They started off on fire offensively, and then the defense kind of just stalled. One, one thing I noticed, someone pointed it out to me, they were trying to play a bit of a 3-2 zone. Now, you know how I feel about that team. That team can play a 3-2 zone. They got the size. They got the talent. They got the ability. But it was not working against important. It just, it just wasn't a good matchup. And that, the, that was one I think they should have stuck to what they were doing a little more and play a straight man. And that that's my thing. You know, when you look at it, there are a couple issues I took with this game. One of them being, you know, why did they not switch up their defense? Because rule number one is like, if you're getting beat doing one thing, you have to do something to stop that one thing. You can't just continue. It's mm-hmm. Einstein, all right? Einstein's version of insanity. You can't do the same thing expecting Over and outcome. over the same way. Yeah, so, like, if your defense is getting cooked, they're hitting a lot of threes on you, you're going to have to switch it up because you cannot keep letting them do that. And then towards the end of the game, it looked like there were a couple instances where some people were calling their own number a little too much, in my opinion. And you listen— First of all, there's only one player on that team that's allowed that, in my opinion, would be allowed to call their number at any point in the game, and that's Elijah Knapp. Or at least, in my, I don't think anybody should be allowed to play hero ball. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as say hero ball, but but, well, if you, but like if you go in there, you call ISO on the court. There's only one person that should be doing that. Well, in my opinion, you know, calling your own number a lot is playing hero ball, Mm -hmm. and only one person. I I don't like it when people play hero ball. I don't care how good you are. You do what you need to do. In my opinion, the only person who's even allowed to think, not maybe even do, but just think that she can play hero ball is now. Exactly. And, you know, Kylie Day got in there a little bit. She had her moments. Oh, definitely she had a nice lights nice out, with, almost lights out from three point range, I think. Um, but, and, you know, the offense was cooking. Don't get me wrong. I think this team is starting to figure out how to play effective offense. But it has to not come at but, the expense of their defense. Right. You know, it, like, all season it's been great defense but the offense gets off to a slow start and they don't have a lead to defend this game it was they played great offense but then the defense kind of started to be a little faulty and you know there's going to be games where as a defensive team the defense isn't there and you know as we approach I guess 
the sunset of the 2023-2024 season. Um, I definitely think this team is starting to come together and be a little more complete. I think they're almost there. Now it's just going to be a matter of who stays next year, who goes on to the next chapter of their life, and who steps up from this, who steps up next year to fill in whatever spots are void next year. Definitely, but here's one thing. When it comes to offense, you know, you're just talking about, you know, they need to lead to defend and they got to do all this. Shot selection. That's one thing that's kind of bugged me about this team for a while. Shot selection. I don't know why on what on earth possesses some of these people to just go around. And I mean, you've got open looks. You have plenty of time left on the shot clock, yet you're dribbling into triple coverage and taking a sideways there, there jump There were a lot away. of points where I noticed they were hitting the pump fake or a crossover. They were doing something to get into the paint or get to the mid-range. And you you know my thing my thing that I like to do with the games is when there's a wide open three I'll yell out prank him John yeah the amount of times I said that and it was just dribble into the paint dribble into the paint they can shoot threes if they're open yeah yeah don't get it missed like I understand they're not perfect from three point range this team has some players that can shoot threes like like we were saying earlier Kylie Day almost lights out Kaya Goldsby was doing really good from three right. I wish they would do a little more from three point range sometimes or at least try to get those players open. Which kind of leads into the next thing we're going to talk about when it comes to recruits next year, but we'll get to that here in a second. But um, yeah, looking at this game against Emporia State, there was just a lot of what they were trying wasn't working. Definitely. And, you know, when you're on offense, in certain situations, I understand, you know, peop- ba- basketball players think they're the best every time. They're going to think they're the best. That's just the sport. That's how you got to do it. And the mindset is all right. It is perfectly fine. It's actually hel- it's helpful in a lot of situations. But there's thinking you're the best, and then there's thinking you're MJ. better than you are. And, like, are you a decent ball player? Or are you a good ball player? Yes. Should you be taking a triple-covered J that you are fading to your there's side? There's no from? reason you should be one-on-three in the paint thinking, I can make that shot. And I think that's actually what ended up costing them the lead is we had a lot. you got to think about it. One more bucket. Yeah. They at least take that game to overtime. Exactly. And you got to think maybe with that, you got, here's how it works though. Maybe with that bucket, you know, you don't give them a fast break opportunity. You make them play straight offense against you. Maybe they get a stop. Maybe they don't need to have that next bucket right. because they didn't throw away a possession. Bad shots, you know, Saban calls a lot of stuff drive-enders, right? Mm -hmm. You know, holding calls, all this. For me, you know, obviously a missed shot is mostly a possession ender because you're giving the ball away. But But to call it it missed shot is kind of being generous. There were some that in the paint kind of just looked like they were like, eh, and they just threw it up. I just knocked my phone over, y'all, my bad. Those are momentum killers. Like, Like, don't, the big thing for me was the amount of times they tried to force it in the paint. Like, it doesn't have to be there on the first try. If you get into the paint and there's two, three girls around you, throw it off someone's leg. Yeah. Pass it back out. Re- like, reset if you have to. Run the play again. Call something else. You got 25 seconds on the shot clock. You do not need to play pick and roll shoot right off the get-go. And that's something, too. Like I was going to bring this up with the men's team, and I think this also applies to the women's team. Getting open and spotting the open player, you know, if you're trapped, 
like the guys had this problem a little while or on Saturday. If you get trapped, if there are more than one people on you, that means somebody is not covered. Right. And that means that somebody needs to get into a spot where the ball can go. It's the same thing for the women's. If you're in the paint and you are surrounded by everybody, someone is open. And I understand they're... that's easier said than done. Like, if you're, like, say, for example, if you're Kai Goldsby in the paint or Destiny Jones in the paint and you get crowded by three different girls, there's not a lot for you to do. But if you're in the paint, Trinity Jackson, Alasia Knapp, Cameron Estelle, y'all are the tallest people on the field or on the court. Pass that ball out and reset. You do not need to just throw the ball up there and force it. I understand the idea of wanting to draw the foul. But you're banking on the refs to do something that refs don't do a lot, and that's make the right call. Yeah, and here, here's my thing. I know we, you know, we talk, we're talking a lot and, you know, oh, they must hate this. No, this team has so much potential, but I think the thing is is they hit panic buttons too fast. And they, they'll get there over time. Give Coach Davis a little more yeah. time to implement that system. Give her a little more time to get the younger players familiar with. Because one thing you got to remember is this year no one knew how to run the system Coach Davis is trying to run. And th- this is kind of something I hate to just co- try to compare everything to my favorite teams. But in Oklahoma last year for the, for the football, Oklahoma football, they didn't have the best year. That was an understatement. Or 2023, I guess. But then you look at this past season, a big thing going into the season that Coach Venables brought up is now there are going to be players who have been in this system for a year that will be able to help the younger guys figure it out faster. Exactly. And lo and behold, they had guys like Peyton Bowen who ended up being a freshman All-American. They had people that that probably wouldn't touch the ball. Like They had guys like Nick Anderson who almost every time he caught the ball was a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like Next year... There are going to be players on this team that know the system that Coach Davis is trying to run, mm-hmm. and it'll be a lot smoother. It'll be a lot less learning and a lot more walkthrough, a lot less instructing and a lot more tweaking, coaching, improving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This year is a lay the foundation this year. like I think this is just a team that just isn't there yet. They've shown their potential, they've shown their potential on offense. They've already shown they have great talent as a defense now it's just putting it together and I think next year is the year that we'll see the breakout year for Lady Hillcat Ball but in the meantime it's another loss in conference and we got to figure out how to beat these in-conference teams I know they started the season off really strong and then they went up against a bunch of in-conference teams and you know it just hasn't gone their way and the season's not over they got a chance to finish things off strong but we'll we'll see what happens I don't yeah, it's there can't just be games where the offense is great, and the defense isn't good, or the defense is great but the offense isn't there. They got to find a way to play two way basketball. Definitely, and uh, with that, you were talking about you know new players learning the system. Let's talk about a couple new players that we have spotted for basketball. So we'll start with a player that I've kind of noticed a lot for the women's team that's coming in next year. Uh, Kate Melton coming in; she'll be a freshman next year. Um, Coach Davis has hyped her up a lot on Twitter, and I got a chance to look at a little bit of her tape before we came in here. One thing I noticed is she's a really good all-around player. She's solid defensively. She can take the three-point shot. She can go to the paint if she needs to. And, you know, she plays guard. But the thing I'm really excited about her is she's going to be able to step in in multiple instances. She she plays mainly point-and-shooting guard. But I believe she also played shooting forward at times, too. Small forward. Small forward. Jeez. 
I suck at everything. Ah, it's fine. Small forward. But um, the thing I like about that is, obviously, we've got our players at guard. But this year, one of the issues they've ran into with the Lady Hillcats is they're a little thin when it comes to the forward position in the sense that there's there's only three or four people there that they can rotate through for and two forwards. Most of them are graduating. Unless, you know, we can convince a few of them to stay for the fifth year if they even have it. But one thing that I think is going to be the, the biggest impact I think she's going to make if she gets playing time right off the bat next year is she's going to be able to come in and play almost anywhere on the court apart from center. And in all honesty, that's what this team needs. They, you need, know? they need a well-rounded rotation player that can jump in just about whenever specialty players are nice they really are Mm -hmm. you got a three-point specialist great you got a paint specialist great but if you got somebody jack of all trades master of none better than master of one all right Mm -hmm. maybe she's not the best what's the saying that bruce lee used to do like the i don't fear the man who's practiced one kick ten thousand times or it's i don't fear the man who's practiced ten thousand kicks one yeah something like that it so here's the thing you Obviously, you'd like to have the specialty players, but in the situation, she's a great pickup. I mean, mm-hmm. and of course, if that wasn't good enough, Coach Davis preached to us about how she wants there to be really good defense with this team. This girl can play defense. That's what she we had, need and right I don't now. just mean like she like. Do the amount of times you're going to be yelling out cookies at basketball games over the next few years because of this girl is going to go through the roof. This girl, she can, she can block shots. She can take the ball off of you. She plays. Some really good defense. And that that's what I'm excited for. One, because I like yelling cookies. But two, <laughs> I, uh, I want to see this women's basketball team succeed. And oh, I yeah. think this is a great step in the right direction to making that happen. And they're right there. And they, they are, are right almost there. there. I definitely think that Coach Davis was given a dumpster fire and has turned it into what would be the best way to describe it. I guess a better analogy, you know how they make diamonds, right? Yeah. Put them under pressure, put them under extreme heat, and then they cut them. I think they're at that extreme heat point. They're almost there. But once you, once the diamond's gone through all that, you can't break a diamond. Definitely. And I think they're at that point to where they're being put under extreme heat. Now it's just a matter of finishing the season off strong, making whatever cuts and tweaks need to be made over the offseason, and then next year go for the MIAA. Definitely. Like I know that's a bold prediction, but I think this if they play their cards right over the next few months, this team can win the MIAA. So let's take a look at the men's basketball recruit. He's a bit of a different story. So we're gonna be talking about Jackson Welch, uh, out of Inola, not far not too far down the road, about what, twenty, thirty minutes it's about tops. Thirty minutes away, I think. Um real good ball player all around, six six, um, 185, I believe. Not bad. I mean, um, we could always use some height on team for sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is a team that is usually around the 6'4 to 6'6 as far as our players go, so he'll fit in pretty well. One thing I noticed while I was watching his tape this morning, he's a really good He's really good at the catch and shoot. And here's why I think this is going to be so important, excuse me, in the long run going forward. What is one thing this team really likes to do? They love to catch and shoot threes. Yeah. And then you'll have your guys like Rodney Battle, Anthony Marshall that'll 
They'll take it into the paint. They'll get the mid wide open mid range. They set things up. You know what that does? Pulls guys into the paint. You know what else that does? Leaves open the three point. And this guy, and it's not just like a one. This guy can shoot from the corner. He can shoot from the top of the arch. Catch and shoot is, I think, his best trait offensively. And I think that's it, you know, it's gonna. The only thing that I'm even a little concerned about, and concerned is a very strong word, is. The tempo of the game in the, at the college level is a little faster than the high school level. So you're one. so you know there might be a little more pressure in his face because a player might be able to get to him a little faster. But you scheme this guy open, use the pick and roll for him, set up the screen, draw the guys into the paint, and then pass it out to the corner. He's your guy. I'm I'm excited for what this guy's going to do next year. Definitely. So one of my big concerns, though, is you know I haven't gotten to watch as much tape as you have. Um, you know, shot selection, we just talked about it for the men's team. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure, you know, I would love to have the three-point shooting. Right. But we got to make sure that if he gets in, he's not, you know, trying to play hero ball, trying to take unnecessary shots. Right. Well, here, here's the thing that I do like about the way he plays. He's. It's not just that he's good at the catch and shoot. The other thing that I think he's, that I think is really good for us is when he gets that ball, he's confident in his ability to get the shot. Sometimes when this team goes in and they need to make that three-point shot, like we saw it against uh, import, or against Washburn in overtime, there's a little hesitation sometimes. This kid, when he sees he he gets the ball and he's open, bang, no hesitation. No, he's he's got confidence in his ability, and that's something as a freshman you don't see a lot of. Definitely. Now, and I really hope that transitions over into the collegiate level because if it does, this kid's gonna make an impact right away. Definitely, and you know, obviously we're not expecting him to be a starter from the get-go. No, but with the amount of seniors we got on this team next year, I do think we'll see him play. He could definitely have a pretty big role, you know, kind of like what Isaac Johnson's role was last year, you know, coming off the bench for some three-point shooting, Mm -hmm. and then maybe he'll slowly transition into one of those full-time starters. Right, but I definitely think we're going to see this guy play next year. I don't know about consistent starter, but we will see this guy play, I think. Definitely. So, uh, with that being said, that's all we got for this segment. We're going to go on break. When we come back, more RSU special for you. Baseball and softball are officially here. I'm ready to talk about them. Yes, sir. We will see you guys in a little bit. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to In the Zone here on 91.3 Real College Radio. My name is Jacob. Alongside me is Tristan. What's going on? Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, we're glad to have you guys, too. Um, talked a little bit about uh, men's, women's basketball, some recruits for both teams that we're expecting to see next year. Um, if you want to listen to that, again, go listen to us on our podcasts. But um, we're going to get right into it. Tristan, it is your second favorite time of the year. Second favorite time, It baby. is spring. Baseball's here. I, I have been so ready. It's been – the weather was – The weather's been terrible. Don't don't try to sugarcoat. The weather's oh, been all no. over the place. Oklahoma froze over two weeks ago. There have been a few days of just 60 degrees, sunny with a cool breeze, and oh, I was – And there's been days where it's been nothing but rain or snow it or do, frost. It, it does not matter. Those days where it's been like that – that's baseball weather right there. 
Yes, sir. And, you know, you get spring training with the MLB next month. But first things first, we're going to talk about some collegiate baseball, specifically with RSU. So got off to a bit of a slow start. Um, two get two losses to start the year off, one against uh, Southern Arkansas, one which we'll talk about first, I think. I know it wasn't the first game they played, but I think we should talk about this one first. So first things first, Southern Arkansas is number 17 in the nation. So I'm not and it's the start of the year, so I'm not too concerned about the loss. But I do think we need to talk about what happened. And which one was this one? Was this the 2-5? to five? This was the 17-4. to four. <sighs> Okay, yeah. Listen, here's, here's the thing. Do you get some credit for, you know, the start of the season? Absolutely. Is it a ranked team? You, all, you know what I feel about playing ranked teams. You beat them. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they're ranked. You beat them. You aim to beat them. Yes. Seventeen to four. That's not rust. That's getting it handed to you. Yeah, and you know it. It was a seven inning game. I'm not, but in the long term scale of things, I'm not too concerned. I'm I'm a little concerned because of how how separate the score line was, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Um. Listen. But the, here here's the here's the issue that I had. In the start of the first, here's what happened. So first guy goes up to bat, ground out to second base. Sucks. What are you gonna do? You hit it. You hit it in between. You hit it in between first and second. That happens. Hold, hold on. And then Foles walked to first, and then Delgado hit a double. So now there's a guy on one third, on third, one out. Two guys in scoring position. Second base is scoring yeah. position. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. I'm just reading this, and then you got. Uh, Russell walked, so now the bases are loaded with one out. Two strikeouts looking. Looking? Okay. Hit the ball. Okay. I know I know that in baseball that's way easier said than done. You got a guy on third. Hit that ball up in the air down outfield. Tag up. Get a run across the board, man. Listen. You got three guys on base with one out. You didn't get one guy home? Here's my thing. Ready? In this situation... Here's how you need to be looking at it. And I am on your side, so you're going to have to hear me out on this. Mm -hmm. You should not strike out looking, ever. I want to see you go down swinging. Mm -hmm. And, like, the only time I want to see you strike out looking is when it's a bad ball and the ump makes a bad call. Right. And, And and you know, maybe that's what happened. Like, we didn't see it. So, uh, who knows? To have it happen two straight times? But, yeah. Umps are kind of iffy about that stuff, but they're not that iffy. Now, looking at the second ending... Second inning. Um, let's see what we got here. I noticed for the game that we had uh, was it five runners left on base as a whole. So and, it's a, it's a good thing that three of them came in the first inning, and then yeah, so they got it together. But what that means is if you only score four runs, or not only score four runs is good for a baseball game. Seventeen is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. When you are playing and you go, oh, we only left five on base, but you only scored like four runs, you just and weren't getting hits to begin with. Here, here's the difference maker that we got to talk about. Southern Arkansas found themselves in the same situation. Bases loaded. What did they do? Grand slam out to left field. Grand slam. This is literally polar opposites of how the first inning could have gone. It's not good. Um, and then, you know, looking into the second inning, it wasn't wasn't much better. Um, fly out, 
single, and then a double play. The, you know, that that's more of a that, – that's baseball. One out, runner on first, you're looking for the double play. The pitcher's going to pitch the ball down yeah. low. He's going to make you pitch to contact. He's not going to let you hit a line drive. Here's the thing that is very true. But as the batter, you know what he's doing. You know what he's trying to make you do. Mm-hmm. You need to prep for it. What we what we call it in baseball – Force him to throw the pitch you want. What we call in baseball is up, up, and up. Choke up on the bat – Step up in the box, or step up t- towards the plate, and step up in the box. Crowd the plate. Crowd the plate, basically. You're crowding the plate, and you're at a point where, are you gonna hit a nuke? Absolutely not. If you hit a nuke when you're in up, up, and up, you're a freak you're of on, nature. Congrats. You might be. We might need to test you for steroids. Yeah. You're looking to get that ball in play. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a contact style swing, and what you need to do is you need to know. Yeah, is he trying to force me? To hit this ball, weak contact? Absolutely. Of course but, that's what he's trying to do. That's he, he wants to get out of the inning. Exactly. But you know, as a batter, you know what they're trying. You know that they're trying to do that, and they know you know. Right, and that's the interesting thing about this. How often in baseball do you know what pitch is going to be sent your way? You don't know what pitch. You know about two or three options that they're going to send you. And if they're pitching the contact, it's going to be these low sliders, these low curveballs, off speed, low and in. So at that point, that's where crowding the plate comes in. It's mm-hmm. harder to throw low and in when you've got the plate completely covered. And you know, there's only so much we can talk about. It only I wish I could say it got better from there. It it did for a second and then they gave up nine runs in an inning. And but you know, there's only so much we can talk about in that game. Let's let's switch gears a little bit. Look at the first game of the year against Henderson State. This one went a lot better. You know, they by a lot better we only lost by 3 runs. That yeah, and the fact that we were in this game for most of it. Um and the fact that they got off to a really good start. First inning went great for RSU. Um 1 2 3 I think or excuse me, excuse me. No. Henderson State got a walk. Foul out to uh fouled out to right field, walk and then double play. And then RSU went right out there. Single for AJ Folds, got second base, another single. What were what we're expecting to see from this team? Boom, 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 get a guy Just across. Quick, quick, quick contact hitting. Right. And they got their one. And then in the seventh inning, they ended up getting another run. The only issue is that second inning gave up three runs. And that was kind of just the difference maker. But I will say this that one looked way more like a game. Of baseball, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were consistent through most of the game. They just had that one inning that didn't really go their way. Because you got to remember, they stop one run from getting across there. That game goes in extra innings. They play a better inning in the second inning. They win that game. But here's the way th- better. And one thing I will say is, when you compare Henderson State to Southern Arkansas, if Henderson State went out there and played Southern Arkansas, I'm willing to bet the same thing happens. Yeah, and here, but here's my thing. You know, you made the statement, if they go out and play a second inning or play a better second inning, that doesn't happen. The bottom line is they didn't. In my opinion, that's the point, is they right. didn't go out and do that. They like, didn't. I can go out there and I can come in on here and be like, well, if you do the exact opposite of what you did, you win the game. Like, yeah. every 60 seconds in Africa, a minute passes. Yeah, I could go out and say, well, if you just played good, you wouldn't have lost. Well, no dip, all right? Well, if you didn't give up that home, <laughs> that grand slam, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, Gee, why didn't I think of that? 
I ought to write that down next time. I didn't, I never even crossed my mind. Don't give up nine runs in an inning. And that, that's what we're getting at is like, we don't have to tell them what went wrong they know. for them to know what went wrong. We aren't, for the people who listen to this, this is not entitled for us to bash on the athletes or on the team. This yeah, we don't, for, we don't come in here just to make fun of collegiate athletes. This is for us to tell you guys our opinions on it. And maybe, maybe some of you guys don't watch sports. Maybe some of you are trying to get in and you don't really know what's going on. If we could help you learn some of that, we would have done a great job. Right. right. We are here to help you guys out. And that's what we're talking about this for is they know what they did wrong. We know what they did wrong. They're going to fix it. We're going to tell you guys about it, and we're going to see if that fixing right. it works. And so here, here are my takeaways from these two games. There is still some upside. Yes, the loss to Southern Arkansas was terrible. Boo-hoo. Not much else you can say. You got to, listen, short-term, flush it down, keep moving. Yep, you get, you know, get over it. Um, I don't think they really got a chance to bounce back because that Arkansas-Monticello game got canceled. Um but there is some good news. On the 9th, RSU baseball finally makes its way to the Diamond Sports Complex down the road. Mm-hmm. They'll be playing Colorado Christian. These home games are crucial for RSU if they want to do anything this year. And the way they played against Henderson State in the few moments where they showed flashes against Southern Arkansas, I think flashes might be a little generous, but they did still score four runs. It'll be way more effective at home because, like we said, Contact hitters, contact hitting team, contact uh, not non friendly home run field. Like, I think we'll get to see RSU. RSU will perform a lot better over these next four games against Colorado Christian. The big thing for me is they have to take advantage of this doubleheader game. This is going to be a tough series. I don't mean to just preach about the altitude because I'm from Colorado. Colorado Christian is going to be in great shape when they get down here. You have to take advantage of that first game in the doubleheader, because that second one is going to be the that second game in that doubleheader is probably going to be the toughest one for them to win, in my opinion. And when you play a doubleheader, yeah, conditioning like conditioning plays a big some part of it. But listen, this is baseball, mm-hmm. all right. You don't have to be in the best shape of your life to be good at baseball. No. So, but when you're playing that contact hitting and you're doing a true. lot of running, that could That's be the true. difference maker. Well, you got to realize the kind of breaks these guys are getting in between their runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing a full sprint for 180 feet. Right. But at the same time, they're going to get to stand around for five minutes, catch the breath. Right, but I want you to look me dead in the eye and tell me when you guys played a doubleheader in high school, you weren't tired towards the end of that second game. Towards the end of the second game, here's the difference. And this, the, is, what and this is why I think this one's going to be the most important one. This is what I was getting at for this is when it comes to a doubleheader, exhaustion plays a part, but it's not physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. It's mental. You are. It's the you want to go home. You've been here forever. You can love baseball. You can love baseball with every fiber of your being until it's the last inning of that doubleheader and you're just like, man, I want to go home. I am tired. It's like that scene from uh, The Simpsons. Hurry up and lose so we can get out of here. You know, like, don't get this wrong. I love, I liked baseball. I am growing to love baseball. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, he plays for NSU. And ah, get over it. Boo! Get over it. But he loves baseball more than just about anybody I've seen. And even he just at the end of a doubleheader. 
I want to go home. He is done with it. He is ready to get home. He wants to go sleep. He wants to go do homework, do something other than play I baseball. I want to go home, sit in bed, eat chips off my belly button, and watch a movie. Exactly. So when you get to it, like, the thing that you have, the thing that makes the first game of a doubleheader so important is not, oh, well, we want to have the win before we get tired. It's momentum. The mental game is the biggest part of the second game of a doubleheader. You, you get that first win, your team goes into it feeling good. Mm-hmm. You go into game two about 20, 30 minutes later, and boom. Suddenly, you've got all the momentum going into it. The more momentum you gain, the more tired the other team's going to get. Right. So that, in my opinion, is the most important part of the doubleheader. Now, as far as the season goes, they're 0-2 on the year. Plenty of time to get back into it. You know, the mm-hmm. men's basketball team started the year off 0-2, and now they're... I believe the number five seed in the MIAA going into playoff time. Yeah. Not the worst thing in the world, but got to get it in gear. You got to win these in conference games. Baseball's so you a have long that season, cushion. Got to win those early games. And that's kind of what we were saying last year when they were winning those early games was that the, could be the difference between them. Yeah, these provide you the cushion you need. But yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. Four games over the weekend at the Diamond Sports Complex, you know. We'll show up if you can, guys. Show up if you can. You know, it's. It's one of those things. It's it's school. It's baseball. Go have fun. Go yell at the dugout. I mean, any of y'all baseball's that, a sport to do it. Any of y'all that went to the homecoming games and realized, wait Kersker a second, doesn't shut up. I don't either. But still, and if you guys went to those homecoming games and you said, "Oh wow, you know this is a great atmosphere. This is really fun." That's all these games. I mean, you go to. We want that to be the norm. Yeah, we want this to be the norm. You know, we have good atmosphere in basketball games. A lot of people go to those. I want to get a great atmosphere going at baseball games. Mm-hmm. Show up. If you don't know what you're going to yell, I'll teach you some stuff. I know plenty of them. <laughs> but, like, I want people to show up. I want this to be a fun environment because baseball is so much fun when you're out there with friends having a good time. Right. So, so how much time we got left? It's time to swap it over. Okay. So, let's look at softball. So, softball got off to a very, very slow start in which they played seven, they played seven innings mm-hmm. no score got to the eighth inning both teams scored one then RSU scored scored in the ninth they're up 2-1 they gave up two unfortunately and you know it sucks it is what it is you really want to start the year off 1-0 unfortunately that just didn't wasn't in the cards this year but um, it was kind of just a close game that didn't go our way. That's and though, listen, in softball, in baseball, that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no way that you're going to go and win every close game. Now, if you win most of your close games, you're a lucky team. Right. Baseball and softball are defined more by... They're defined more by how many games did you win by more runs than one. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news is, um, in typical Roger State softball fashion, uh, after a loss, they're not in a very good mood. They're not very, they're not very happy. The things they do to these poor teams. And uh, they went out, played St. Mary, won eight to two. Was so much fun. We were like, I remember this. I saw, I got the notification they lost that first game, and I was like, well, that's not, that's not what I expected to happen. Then I got that next one. They beat St. Mary's eight to two. I was like, "Here we go! Now we're now we're back. Now we're cooking." See, for me, all back to normal. See, for me, when I uh, 
when I saw that for final for the first game, I was like, okay, that happens. All right. Mm-hmm. Like very first game of the year, it happens. Do I like it? No. Do Is you, it easy? No. Do, do I like it? No. Do you, but do I still do it? Absolutely. And then I saw them just rattle. I mean, that was what, six games in three days? Yeah, get, the, get those girls some water. That team is exhausted. And, you know, that's what we need to be getting at is when you uh, when you play that many games in that many days and mm-hmm. you only lose one and it's the first one, that's impressive. And, you know, some things to bring up. Um, this team, they had 30 at-bats, got seven hits off of them. So you're looking at a little under one for four on average. That's not awful. And, you know, we could sit here and be like, oh, you guys need to be better at hitting. They won eight to two, coach. <laughs> and, you know, some other things we'll bring up real quick. Bridget Morales got a run, um, went one for three on the day. Um, Abby Rogers, two for four. Ashton Barrett, one for three. How are our new recruits looking? So, uh, Brooke Nauman got one at bat, didn't get the hit. Let's see, what else do we got here? And uh, our very super awesome top 100 flow softball sophomore from Texas Tech, one for two. That's not bad. I mean, you know, in limited in limited action, there's not much you can do. You know, Brooke Nauman going 0 for 1. That happens. You're good. Yeah, you, you you are not you are not guaranteed to hit every that time. That that means about as much as going one for one. Yeah, like, like it's the first one. Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing. And th- this is one, against St. Mary's, but this was this was the game that was like, okay, this team. This is what what I get what I got from this game. This team has the attitude it needs to have. This is a team who we all know is capable of winning the MIAA. Mm-hmm. We all know is capable of making a run at nationals. We all know how Coach Vaughn likes to coach this team. This team hates losing. They don't just love winning. They hate losing. They don't. And I, I'm convinced of it after seeing this. Is this a clip from Shorzy? They don't hate to lose. I hate losing. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to remember, this game happened a couple hours after the game against St. Edwards. These Both these games were on the same day. And... That's, this team hates losing, and I'm convinced that the attitude is there for whatever they want to make happen. Now, you mentioned this earlier. If you win more, you're going to have close games. Yeah. And what were, what were your words on that? Listen, in baseball, baseball and softball, you're going to have close games. They're not always going to go your way. Right. Baseball and softball are more about what are those games that you won by two, maybe, maybe three runs. Well, I got some I got some very good news for you. The next day, they went and took on Colorado Mesa and Midwestern State, beat Colorado Mesa 4 to 3, and they beat Midwestern State 2 to 1 after, in a 9-inning game. Keep in mind that was their second game of the day. 9 innings on a second game. Right. So this is what this proves to me. That loss against St. Edwards, fluke. Rust. Fluke. I won't even call it rust. Fluke game. They go back, play that team again, they kill them. I'm confident of it. You know why? Why? Because they got put in the same situation a day later after playing a whole game of baseball. Softball. Please, don't kill me. It was an accident, I promise. And after playing that. After playing a whole game of softball, now they go and play nine innings of softball. You don't play nine innings in softball. That's not how it works. 
That's extra innings. Two of them. And, and you me, get the win this time. Let me tell you, I don't... Fluke game against St. Edwards. I'll I, put money on it. I Fluke. Did, I did not play softball, obviously. I didn't watch any softball games, but I can tell you what. When it goes to extras in baseball, you're tired there, too. It, it's exhausting. We want to go home. You really like baseball and softball. They're great sports, but after a while, you're just like, man, I'm mentally exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like it's never a physical exhaustion; it's a mental exhaustion. Right. And the fact that they are able to fight through that and win it—that's mentally tough, right there. Right. Couple uh, noticeable things to bring up: uh, Lena Gas went one for three on the day, got a run and two RBIs. Uh, so you know, obviously, shout out there. Um, let's see who else did some cool stuff. Uh, Abby Rogers went one for three. Uh, Kaylee Yellen, the catcher, went one for two. Um, another noticeable thing that I'm starting to notice, uh, Ashton Barrett starting to make a bit of a name for herself as a consistent hitter. Two for three on the day with a run. There you go. So that's... And, you know, Sarah Yamas Howell, I'm pretty sure is who got the win. Let me see here. Let me just pull this up. I'm trying to get it all ready to go. I should have had this ready to go before I started talking about this game. Uh, let's see. I'm not, if it is, I'm not surprised, you know, when it comes to... Sarah Yamas Howell gave up one, so, Jade Sanders actually got the win in this one. They split this one three to four for innings pitched against, um, Colorado Mesa. That's not bad. You know, here's the thing. Here, but, here's, here's the tricky thing. Jade Sanders got the win on the day. Three runs, seven hits. Excuse me, excuse me. Three earned runs, seven hits. To be out of four innings, mm. one strikeout. That's the only that that part. Mm, listen, I don't know, but it's start of the season. Should have, could have, We'll call that a bit of rust. You know, here's the thing though. The uh, in softball, the great thing is you literally like pitchers' arms. They don't wear out in softball like they no. do in baseball. They could. This is just an example of we played four game. We played three games in two days. Yeah, I think like in that situation, you literally like you can play, pitch a complete game one day and then go pitch a complete game the next day, and you might be slightly tired, but more often than not, you're just tired of pitching. And that's exactly what she did later that day against Midwestern State. Uh, Jade Sanders went out there and played four innings, gave up one run, off two hits though. That's not bad. That is one run, really two hits. Good. That's just someone across four innings. Someone right? ran the base as well. Jade Sanders is two, three strikeouts on the day too, four innings. You know, you you're two and zero on the year. Not much more you can ask for. Definitely, and you know, we said this last season too, which, congrats, we're going on a year now. I know, right? That's crazy. A little but, more than a year because this is about when we started last year. It was about the twilight of the basketball season. So, how how much time we got left? I got a couple minutes. I'm gonna bring something up real quick. In this situation, we brought it up last year. It's the start of the season. Everything's finally kicking into gear. People are settling mm-hmm. in for the long haul. Everybody's getting their stuff ready. They're figuring out what's gonna work for them this season. What's not gonna work for them this season. Right. So, I think I don't assign much weight to certain stats at the beginning of the season. You do good, I'm proud. Like, trust you me. You don't do good, oh, well, we got time. Like, you got some time to fix it. I'm not right. stressing it. Now, there's to close things out, there's one more game I want to talk about. The 6-3 win against Angelo State. 
The reason I want to talk about this one is both teams came into this one 4-1, and one, and they beat this team convincingly by three runs, scoring six runs. One thing I'm noticing, this is this team, last year they struggled to score. Yeah, that's where most of those losses came from is that their pitching would be amazing. and they Lights only, out. But, they let up like two runs, but they'd only score one. Right. But in this one, they went they went um, they won at six to three. They put six runs down. Uh, we'll bring up some other noticeable stuff. Um, Lana Gas two for three on the day, two runs. Uh, Paxton Donaldson, the outfielder, perfect day, three for three, two runs. Heck yeah! See what else we got here. Um, Ashton Barrett, one of her very rare, not best games on the year. Uh, went over three on the day, but still got the RBI. Listen, these things happen. Right. And, you know, one thing I'm noticing is this team doesn't have its one, like, okay, we're relying on this person to score for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing about softball especially and baseball, both of them. This is the ultimate team sport. You could have a player on your team bat a 1,000 for his, enti- his or her entire career, and you wouldn't even know they were there. You could lose every game. And right. you would have no idea they batted Because you have that one guy, but yeah. everyone else isn't doing their part. This it's, is a team that's playing softball the way it needs to be played. Uh, another shout-out we need to give to the third pitcher on the Rogers State pitching staff. Didn't get to see a lot of her last year, but uh, Harley Cooley. Four innings pitched, uh, gave, up five, gave up three hits, two runs, but four strikeouts, really aggressive pitcher. Definitely. And, you know, they're kind of let. one thing I'm noticing is they're kind of letting Sarayamas go out there and – do her thing a little bit, but they're rotating the pitchers. And yeah. it's an invitational. You're playing six games in three days. You need to make sure Rotate you're your up. pitching staff. Yeah. You know, have have one of them pitch three innings. You have another pitch one. four. Harley yeah. Cooley ended up getting her first win on the year. Yeah. So I like what I'm seeing. This team looks – it's it's still early, but this team looks way more complete than they did last year. When are, so when are they coming home? I know. So it's going to be a little bit this weekend. They are going to. They're a little closer to home. They're playing in the Edmond Invitational, where they'll be playing against Oklahoma Christian, Southern Nazarene. You guys still suck. I'm not still not happy about soccer. <laughs> uh, Maryville and Oklahoma Baptist. Gotcha. Then they got the Raising Canes Invitational next week, and then a lot of invitationals. The season, the actual season, finally starts. They have a two game series doubleheader against. Uh, Arkansas Tech, and then on the 29th of February, RSU softball finally comes back to the Diamond Sports Complex where they'll take on Missouri SNT. There we go. Don't know what the SNT stands for, but oh well. I'm not going to pretend like I know, but I'm ready for them to get back home. I'm ready to start watching some more games this year. Right, and this is this is a team to watch out for. This is If there's a team that's going to win a natty this year at RSU, it's this one. Definitely. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram. That's where we post video clips. We have links to our podcast episodes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find all the information about us on our Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow us on our Twitter as well. You can find us at We Are In The Zone. Post a lot of stuff that we post on our Instagram and our Twitter as well, so we can try to reach out to you guys as much as possible. But uh, also, quick thing, I don't know if we talked about it last week. Uh, we were supposed to have Darian on air today. Apologize that wasn't able to work out. Darian had some personal stuff he had to handle today. Amen. I uh, pray for him. I hope everybody gets to feeling better. But um, hopefully we'll be able to get him on air in, the, in like a week or two. We'll see what happens. And hopefully in the near future we can start getting some athlete interviews back. 
The console is almost here. We've we been, finally almost fixed our broken toys. Been having some tech some tech problems as of late, but they're getting fixed, and we're going to start bringing you a bunch of athlete interviews. But we'll see you all in a, in a little bit. Until then, uh, you're listening to In the Zone on 91.3 Real College Radio. See you guys.